The views expressed in this show are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of the Department of Defense, Department of the Navy, or the U.S. government. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Philosophication with Ginger and the Beard. I'm Jason, and I wanted to do a quick introduction to today's episode because we're releasing it out of order, and I wanted to explain why. So while recording this show, Michael and I want it to be as much of an organic discussion as possible. So we try to keep the editing to a minimum, but there still ends up being some editing that we have to do, mostly to take out awkwardly long pauses or excessive uhs or ums or likes, stuff like that that just sounds stupid and doesn't make for good listening material. So while we do try to keep the editing to a minimum, there is still some to be done, and it's time-consuming even though there's not a lot of it. And with both of us having full-time jobs, sometimes it takes us longer than we'd like to edit the edit the episodes that we record. So what that means is we've ended up with a backlog of recorded episodes that we haven't edited and released yet. Today's episode is about the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation and that makes it time sensitive. And we have three episodes before this that we recorded before this that still need to be edited and released. So I don't want to take a week or however long it's going to take to edit all of that stuff and then release this episode after that and by then who knows the whole thing could have blown over and nobody will care anymore. So given that this one is time sensitive I wanted to release it now even though it's out of order. That won't make too big of a difference in what you'll hear. We do refer to an earlier episode once uh, once or twice in which we talked about Kavanaugh already. So if you're watching this near the time of release you won't have seen that one because it hasn't been released yet. So what's going to happen is we will release this episode as number three. We'll number it in the order of release. And then episodes four, five, and six will be the ones that were recorded before this, but released after. So if you care about, if you're listening to this later, uh, long after the time of release, and you care about listening to them in the order that we recorded them, uh, you'll need to listen to episodes four, five, and six first. If you don't care about that kind of thing, then go for it. So that's all I got to say about that, and now we bring you today's episode. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Philosophication with Ginger and the Beard. I'm Michael Autry, and I have red hair. And I'm Jason McGinty, and I have a beard. So uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Brett Kavanaugh situation. And if you watched our previous episode about this, you already know kind of where both of us stand on it. And Nothing that's come out since then has changed our minds, but there were a couple of things that I've that I've been thinking about related to that lately um, that I wanted to talk about. And what I want to talk about is bad defenses of Kavanaugh. So both of us think that we should be holding to the principle of presumption of innocence here. We should not be convicting a man in in criminal court or in the court of public opinion or otherwise, any of that without sufficient evidence. That's where we stand. However, that doesn't mean that all arguments in defense of Kavanaugh are good. So today we're going to talk about a couple of stupid arguments that we've heard in defense of Kavanaugh and why they're stupid and why they're counterproductive. So you got anything to say before I jump into it? Yeah, um, just... Above all, a lot has changed since we last talked about Brett Kavanaugh. When we first talked, like when we talked about him last time, 
the first woman to bring allegations had her name wasn't even out yet. It was just Senator Feinstein had put out that there was some talk of sexual assault. And then I think some New York Times, uh, some New York Times article talked about the details, but she still hadn't put out her name and a lot of the details still weren't out there. So even though a lot of, a lot has come out since then, uh, I, I absolutely stand by everything I said. We basically called bullshit. Yeah, same here. I still think it's bullshit. Um, I, I would love to know the truth, but my, my, my bullshit sense is tingling. I just, it's the horrible timing in the 11th hour. And I know people try and pretend that doesn't matter. The political gamesmanship is obvious and that doesn't make it untrue. And I am interested in if it's true or not. I'm just saying my default position when it's political gamesmanship is mm, I'm not so sure. So I need some convincing basically. Yeah. Same, same here. Um, so I'm going to jump into the first stupid argument, a stupid defense of Kavanaugh that I've, that I want to talk about. And so to kind of lead into this, there's a couple of things that I've learned about arguing and persuasion in the past few years from my own experience arguing with people and also from listening to people who are way smarter than me argue with people. And super important rule of persuasion is don't claim more than you have to and especially don't claim more than you know you can prove. So we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about burdens of proof. So the whole reason Kavanaugh has the upper hand in this situation is because the burden of proof is on the person making a positive claim. Uh, Christine Blasey Ford claims that he sexually assaulted her. It's on her to show that that's true. The default position on that is disbelieve it until you have sufficient evidence to believe it. I mean, you so that's can even the believe it, right? You can even personally believe it, but that can't mean anything, right? right. That can't so, come of your belief, you know. Like if you said that you were raped, you know, it's very likely because you're beautiful. Um, thank you. If you said that you were raped, and you told me that, I would just believe you right off the bat without any evidence because you're my friend, right? But, but the world shouldn't take my word for it. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I exactly. believe you. Like my opinion means nothing, but that's what my opinion will be, right? Right. Yeah. So. For those of us who aren't personal friends with with the person making the accusation, the burden of proof is on the person making the claim. And that goes for a rape accusation or any other claim, any other positive claim. I mean, we're both atheists. I mean, it's it's the same for a claim about the the existence of God. So at least I see it the same way, but that's beside the point. The point is, the reason Kavanaugh has the upper hand is that the burden of proof is on his accuser. That's the only thing that needs to be said in his defense. Anything more than that is unnecessary until evidence comes out that supports the accusation. And when that evidence comes out, it can be responded to. But until that evidence comes out, that's the only thing that needs to be said in his defense. Now, the, the defense that I want to talk about is a guy named Ed Whalen, and he's the president of, I, I, the name of the organization is slipping my mind at the moment, but it's some Washington, D.C. think tank. We could look it up if we really care. Um, 
But he came out with a defense of Kavanaugh. And what he did was he, he sent out a series of tweets. And among this series of tweets, he put out a picture of a classmate of, of a high school classmate of Kavanaugh's, put up their pictures side by side and said, these guys look alike. Maybe it was that Ford was that this other guy was the one who actually did the assault and Ford mistook him for Kavanaugh. So this is stupid. Number one, it's unnecessary. You don't have to, you don't have to do it. So don't claim more than you have to. Right off the bat, we're making a claim that we don't have to make. And why is this important? It's important because that thing we said about the burden of proof on the person making the claim, you just adopted a burden of proof onto yourself unnecessarily. You don't have to do that. You're just, you're you're taking on something that you are then responsible for proving. If you're going to claim that and expect anybody to believe you, you have to support that claim with evidence. Yeah. I don't think he can do that. <laughs> I, I'm almost certain he can't do that, which would make it stupid. So don't claim more than you know you can prove. So it, not only is it unnecessary, but it's counterproductive because if you make a claim and you can't support that claim, you make your own argument look weaker. So you're handing ammunition to the other side. You're handing ammunition to the Senate Democrats who say, because this guy is no more able to prove that than Ford is able to prove her accusation. It's unnecessary. And because you can't prove that, you make your own argument look weaker. So it's stupid and it's counterproductive. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, to me, it just seems really far-fetched. I mean, it's possible, but it's kind of like the evil twin or the, the evil twin defense. You know, <laughs> I'm not uh, terribly interested in that. So, I mean, I think you pretty much said it all. It's, it's a dumb point to make. It's unprovable. And, uh, you know, I, I think the guy deleted the tweet. I forget. Uh, yeah, he, he did. Yeah, like everyone kind of... He probably realized how stupid yeah. it was. Yeah, even people on his side were like, dude, this is dumb. So he, he deleted it. Yeah. Cool. What's the second? Uh, so the second the one, the second one is, and I think I'd have to go back and look, but I think the president himself has tweeted about this. Um, and basically it's some variation of, well, what if he did do it? It's just... You know, he was 17. Should we really hold that against him for the rest of his life? Should that really disqualify him from the Supreme Court? I think yes. Like, this is not... Let's keep in mind what's being claimed here. Like, it, it's not a guy got drunk and and awkwardly hit on a girl. It's not one of those. And it's not someone had sex and then regretted it and later decided it was rape. It's not one of those. This was attempted violent rape. Like if this is true as claimed, then I think it absolutely is something that should follow a person for the rest of their life. I don't know. That's, that's just my opinion, but I think it's, it's dismissive to say that, he was just a kid when he did this, so it's fine, and it shouldn't disqualify him. 
Yeah. Yeah, we all do dumb things when we're young, but we're talking about attempted forcible rape. If it's real, um, again, I don't think it is, but if it's true, this is why exactly what you're saying is so important. It's you don't need to make up stupid bullshit for to, to make it an excuse for it. And it's certainly the excuse that so what it was a long time ago is a horrible one. And um, because the only excuse you need or the only reasoning you need is prove it. Like, that's all you got to yeah. say. Prove it. <laughs> OK, that's how it works. And obviously, if they did prove it, I'd be the first one to, to, to eat my words and be like, yep, I was totally wrong. I called bullshit and I was wrong. But all my again, all my bullshit senses are tingling and uh, it's just too much political gamesmanship for me to think it's not political. But if it's proven somehow to be true, which is pretty much impossible, by the way, unless he admits it, like pretty much him admitting it is about the only way this, this could ever be proven because it was in 1982 or whatever. There's no evidence even corroborating uh, witnesses wouldn't like the testimony of a witness is not very strong evidence in any case. Right. So, I mean, it would be on a jury to decide if it's beyond a reasonable doubt, but if it's just, he said, she said, or if it's, he said, she and her friend said, that's not really that different. You know what I mean? So, there's no way to yeah. prove it beyond a reasonable doubt unless he admits it because it was 1982. If there was an investigation at the time, maybe they could have proved it. You know, maybe there would have been some physical evidence. Maybe there been a lot. Maybe there would have been a lot of damning testimony from witnesses. But um, that's all you got to say is prove it. But obviously, yeah. if if some hypothetical scenario happened, which again, it would probably have to be an admission, an open court. But if he did, if he did admit it, or not even an open court, if, if he just admits it then I'll be the first one to be like, yep, well, fuck that guy. He shouldn't be on the Supreme Court. Yeah. He probably shouldn't be on the, I mean, he shouldn't be on the, on the circuit court of appeals. You know, he should be in jail. <laughs> like obviously yeah. there's a statute of limitations problem. So I'm not going to say we just throw him in jail without an actual trial, but if he admits it openly, then yeah, of course that's disqualifying. What kind of a freaking monster would make that excuse? Like, seriously, if you're that, even if you're like a conservative and if you're really pro Trump, He's, if that happened, pr Trump would just pick another one. Like you don't have to be, you don't have to treat Kavanaugh like you do Trump. You don't have to defend him no matter what happens, including if he admits that he attempted to rape somebody. That's such a weird, unnecessary place to be. Trump yeah, would just and pick another conservative judge, and you can be happy like either way. Like, yeah, and this is especially counterproductive because what is the stereotype that the far left has of of right wingers? Like, they don't care about women. They don't care about sexual assault. So do you want to play right into that stereotype? Then keep saying stuff like that. Right. Like, play right into the left stereotype of you and say it wouldn't matter if he did do it. Yeah. I honestly think most – I think if most people who, like, would retweet something like that or – I think most of them don't even truly believe that. I think it's just this – there's this us versus them. We have to defeat the left thing going on. And they don't think he did it. So they forward something like that, retweet something like that, because they're so certain that he didn't do it. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... Most people are that, like, okay. But most people would be okay with that, you know, honestly. Well, um, it's, it's, again, it's 
something we constantly talk about is consequentialism. Like it's the goal is to get him confirmed mm -hmm. if you're on the right. And the goal is to get him rejected if you're on the left. And, and so whatever you have to say to make that happen is what you have to say, yeah. which is backwards. Like we should not be doing it that way. Right. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think that's probably a weird little fringe idea. I don't think most conservatives feel that way. They just don't think it happened. They think it's bullshit. They can see the gamesmanship. They know what the liberals are doing. And, uh, but if they were, if it were clear to them that he did attempt to rape somebody when, when he was a teenager, I don't think most of us would be okay with that. That would be the dagger in his back. That would be the end. Like the Senate would not vote to approve him at that point, but it would take proof. And again, 20 some odd years later, 30, what, 30 some odd years later, or whatever, right? 30 something years. When was it? 82, whatever. 30 something years later, Six the years. only way possible for him to be proven guilty is if he admits it. There, there's no way there's any evidence, any physical evidence. There's no videotapes. There's no, you know, semen. There's no bodily fluids of any kind that they could find and DNA test. There's nothing, you know, all you could possibly have is someone else saying they saw it, which again, wouldn't even be enough to prove it. It would be kind of damning, but it wouldn't be enough. So, you know, uh, I don't know. That's all I have to say about that. The other, the last bad argument I want to talk about is uh, one that I know Trump has tweeted. I'm not, I think maybe the second one was something that he tweeted, but I know this one was something that he tweeted. Um, the argument is that if this really happened, Ford would have come out with it to the police or to someone back when it happened or shortly after it happened. And that may be true. I don't know. Um, and I will say that the timing of when she did come out with it looks bad. Like it, the fact that it's right before, you know, like we're saying at the 11th hour, right before Kavanaugh is going to get confirmed for the Supreme Court. It does definitely make it look like political political gamesmanship. However, uh, to make the claim that she would have come out with it back then if it really happened, again, going back to the first thing we were talking about, don't claim more than you have to. You don't have to say anything more than prove it until some actual concrete evidence comes out. So it's unnecessary. And second thing, don't claim more than you know you can prove. If I don't think you can prove that if it really happened, she would have come. She definitely would have come out with it back then. I mean, I could totally understand. I'm sure it's a hard thing. I'm sure that would be a hard thing to come out with. Like you, you went through this. You're already traumatized from the event itself. It's going to cause you even more emotional pain to tell someone about it and to relive it. I could totally understand if someone didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, that happens so, all the time. Many, right. Many, many cases of people not reporting. Lots of sexual assaults go unreported. Yeah. Like lots of people just never come out with them, even years later. Yeah. So again, to claim that, it's demonstrably false for one thing. And so you definitely can't prove it. Um, and again, it just makes your own argument look weaker. If you claim things you can't prove, 
your own argument looks weaker and you don't have to do it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, you know, in the Navy, we, we talk about sexual assault all the time, like to the point where it's too much. Uh, it's very burdensome how much we talk about it, but um, they make it clear to us and we, and we kind of learn going through it that there's a butt ton of unreported sexual assaults and we go out of our way to make it as easy and as painless for survivors to report. They have something called restricted reporting where you can, there are certain people you can go to who, who not only will they not tell the cops or your command, they won't tell, they're not allowed to, they cannot tell anyone. They're called, yeah. uh, they're called, uh, restrict you file or they're called victim advocates and uh so they're people that are trained chaplain is someone you can do that with too right yeah so you can go to a chaplain you can go to a victim advocate there are a few people you can go to and it's called the restricted report and it's basically for that those people that maybe they want to get some help they want to get mental health help they want to get medical help um they want to just talk to somebody you know they can get all the help they need but there will be no files charged. Uh, the command will never know about it. The police will never know about it. So it's another way for, and then people can always later on turn it into an unrestricted report. And then there will be an actual, you know, a police investigation and all that stuff. So, you know, and they try to make it as, as painless as possible, which is obviously going to be very painful, but, uh, you know, we should, I mean, even though it's a policy within the Department of Defense and they have this restricted, unrestricted reporting, and we, we do all these trainings and try and make sure people understand that it's really hard to come forward and that we should never treat anyone any differently because they come forward. We should, we're not, it's like illegal for us to mistreat anybody or like for coming forward, uh, you know, so that, that attitude needs to be adopted across, you know, the, yeah. the society. I think we need to be. And I, I can already hear people pushing back on this by saying, well, why would you ever do, why would you ever go the route of restricted report where the cops aren't going to hear about it? Cause if someone did this to you, wouldn't you want them to get punished? Like, wouldn't you want to see, see justice done? And my response to that is not everybody feels the same way you do. Yeah. Like you can't assume that everyone has the same sense of justice that you do and everyone has the same. Uh, and, you know, for someone who hasn't been through sexual assault, I don't think you can even say that you would do that in that situation. Right. Like, I don't think you know how you would react. And you can't just make that assumption that if someone went through this, they would they would just do it because they'd want to see justice done. Right. And even if they do want justice, maybe the conflict isn't just, they don't care about justice. They don't care if the guy gets what he deserves, but the conflict is in doing so you're also telling the whole world that you got raped or you got sexually assaulted, right? That's, that's embarrassing to some people. That's horrifying to some people that people would know that about them. It's such a private personal thing. That was, you know, some trauma they went through. I mean, anyone can understand who's been through any kind of trauma, doesn't have to be that, that maybe you don't just want to show up and talk about it with everybody. You don't want everyone knowing that about yeah. you, you know, yeah. 
So it's nothing they, obviously, I don't think they should be ashamed. There's no, they did nothing wrong. I'm not saying they should, but shame is a big part of it. Uh, some of them event, maybe eventually come around and, and do come out with it. As long as it's within the statute of limitations, they can actually do the unrestricted thing. But um, yeah, I think that's the conflict there. They might want justice, but they don't want their reputation to change. And maybe that reputation isn't necessarily that people will think they're a slut or something. That's like the worst case horror show. But what if they just don't want the reputation of a victim? They don't want people feeling sorry for them. They don't want people, you know, there's a million different ways you can do this. Like any different, every different person can have a different attitude about what they're worried about. Some may think it's stupid to worry about their reputation and they just come out with it. Right. And then others, they care a lot about that. And it's, it's really on each of them. And that's why in the Department of Defense, we have that, you know, policy. We have the, we have a way for them to report and get the help they need, even if they don't want anyone to know about it. And nobody will except that one person who's sworn to secrecy, you know, um, it won't get out. Their friends won't find out. Their colleagues won't find out. And if that's if that's more important to them, then they can do the restricted report or whatever. Right. So, and, and actually, to kind of on this subject, while it is a personal choice, it, it is completely a personal choice if you were in that situation, whether you would want to come out with it or not. But it is a trade-off, right? Like, like it's a personal decision, and each person who goes through that has to weigh the pros and cons for themselves. But – if you don't come out with it, you cannot expect justice to be done. Right. Like that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. If you have to choose, do you want to come out with it and take the chance of, of your reputation taking a hit and going through all that an investigation entails for the chance of seeing justice done? Or do you want to not go through all that and not expect to see justice done? You can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Like it's, it's just a reality because uh, again, you have to prove things. Yeah. That that's the cold, hard fact of the matter. And it, and it sounds harsh, but that's, that's the fact that, so I think it's bullshit to say, well, why didn't she just come out in 1982 or wouldn't she, shouldn't she have come out in 1982? I would never say that. But what I will say is that if you wanted justice, you should have come out in 1982. That's the trade-off. That's not nice. That's not PC, but that's the fact. You can't, because every, especially with sexual assault, the farther out it gets, the more difficult it is to prove. That's why statute of limitations exist. It's not some, it's not evil people who want bad guys to get away with shit. They want you to come forward for any crime and they want you to come forward and, and, report it so that they can prove it. The longer away it is, the harder it is to prove. You know what yep. I mean? Reason, that's the reason for statute of limitations. You make it impossible. So they're trying to encourage people to come forward. And if you don't, that's fine. That's a personal choice. But like you say, that's the trade-off. That's, them's the breaks, right? You can't, justice can no longer be served because you missed your chance, right? That's harsh, but that's the truth. So that's your that's the that's the scale that you have to weigh. Do you want yeah, justice? And that doesn't make you, you want... doesn't make you a worse person. It just no. it's just a fact. Right. Yeah. So I would never say, well, why didn't she do it? Or she should, you know, she why she would have come forward, obviously, if she that doesn't disprove anything that she didn't come forward. 
It doesn't disprove anything, but what it does is make it impossible to prove it. Yeah. So, and the statute of limitations is one reason why, first of all, the FBI won't investigate. Uh, besides the fact that it's a state crime, the FBI doesn't just, they're not just a, a, a horde of, of people that just do the bidding of the president and the Congress. Their job is to investigate federal crime. This is not a federal crime. Attempted sexual assault is not a federal crime. If it happened in Maryland or wherever, then it's a Maryland crime. And the, yeah. the Maryland Bureau of Investigation can do something about it. But anyway, um, and then, so the statute of limitations is at least one reason, and there's a good reason for it. People who can't see, you find little examples, and this is just another consequentialist versus principled stance. You see one example of statute of limitations being an issue, and it's sad when that happens. When people want to come forward, and they want to see, and they want justice, but they pass the statute of limitations, it's a dangerous thing to get rid of statute of limitations. Yep. So... I mean, I want rapists to be behind bars too. I want any criminal to, to get what's, what's coming to them. But again, the longer you wait, the more impossible it is. And you can't expect to have it both ways. You can't wait 30 years to come forward and also expect justice. Now, if, if she really was raped, or sorry, if, if, if this is a real story and I was her and I, I didn't report it at the time, I would totally do what she did and come out and say, wait, wait, that's the guy that did that to me. I don't want him to be on the Supreme Court. I would have done it. I, I mean, if it were true, I would. So my whole point is that that's bullshit. When people say, oh, if it was real, she would have done it forever ago. No, if you put yourself in her shoes and you could somehow empathize with whatever reasoning she had to not to not report it. Right. Right. So a couple givens here. They have to accept for this hypothetical. First hypothetical it actually happened. The second hypothetical is she didn't want to report it for one reason or another. And the third hypothetical is she found out this, this guy she hasn't seen in forever. She probably never knew much about or thought much about like where he was in his life or whatever. You find out he's being appointed to the Supreme court. Wouldn't you at that point say something to somebody? Right. So, yeah. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't delegitimize any of it. The fact that she didn't do it back then. So that's a bullshit argument. Yeah. Again, coming back to the only thing that you need to say, the only thing that anyone needs to say in Kavanaugh's defense is prove it. Like demonstrate it. Show me the evidence. Exactly. I think the reason I wanted to talk about this and the reason I wanted to talk about stupid arguments in favor of your own position specifically is because I think it's important to, you know, we always talk about making your decisions based on principles and not on consequences. So I think it's important to, to point out stupid arguments that your own side makes, right? Like I think uh, in order to call yourself a principled thinker, you can't be making stupid arguments. And if people who agree with you make stupid arguments in favor of your own position, I think it's, it's important to point it out and, and important to point out that as a principled thinker, you don't, you don't buy into those arguments, even if you agree with the conclusion. Yeah, it's worth taking the time to call bullshit on those arguments, especially if you're on the right, because you're trying to 
all it does is delegitimize your position. So you're better off not only not talking that way, but also thinking, talking about it, condemning it, you know, calling bullshit. So, yep. So there has been more developments, right? Uh, so I don't know, very recently, uh, a, there's a new allegation from a new woman about Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Michael Avenatti, the porn lawyer for Stormy Daniels, that guy has come out and said that he has a new client. Uh, her name is Julie Swetnick. Um, she claims in a sworn statement that she witnessed Brett Kavanaugh at boozy parties in the early 1980s, behaving inappropriately towards women. She also alleges that Kavanaugh, his friend Mark Judge, and other boys drugged various girls and then gang or train raped them. She says that she fell victim to one of these gang rapes, but she does not allege that Kavanaugh himself was involved in the assault. But no one reads that deeply into it. All they see is he's accused of a gang rape, another gang rape, like he's, <laughs> that there's another woman coming forward saying that he gang raped her. And no one's actually reading into what she said, but her actual statement says just that. She's saying that there was a, he was part of a group that went to, that got drunk at parties and behaved inappropriately towards women all the time. Right. And that, you know, Kavanaugh and his friends were like, had a reputation. She didn't witness it. She doesn't say she saw it of going around gang raping people. And then even when she makes the accusation about getting gang raped herself, she says that, um, she says that Kavanaugh was present. She uses the word present. Um, she doesn't say Kavanaugh assaulted me. She doesn't say he was in the room. He watched it happen. She says he was present. So, um, so anyway, that's the new allegation. But again, no one reads into it. No one cares what that, that she's not even actually accusing him, but choosing her words very carefully, like, I think probably so that she can't get sued for slander when she says he was present at her gang rape. Cause everyone's going to take that, just run with it, that he raped her. Right. That, the damage will be done, but then she can cover her ass by using those specific words. So she won't get sued after for clearly lying. So, um, it's another case where I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's true, but the political gamesmanship seems clear here. Um, and uh, so I'm not buying it any more than anything else. And then, and then especially the fact that she never actually accuses him, and every and everything she says is so vague. Like, uh, you know, she witnessed Kavanaugh grabbing and fondling and grinding against girls. Like that, that's the only thing she actually accuses him of, right? And everything else is like hearsay. She says that you know there was like a reputation or, or uh, you know, that those kind of behaviors, like the gang rape and stuff and spiking punch you know uh she says she became aware of efforts of kavanaugh to spike the punch she doesn't see i saw it that's such a a weasel word right it's the same shit she's picking her word so carefully it's such an odd and vague way to put it you know what i mean so it's all like half of what she's saying is secondhand you know she didn't actually witness any of it and then even when the accusation of the actual gang rape on herself ha- that she says happened, she doesn't even say that he did it. She won't even say that. So I'm still calling bullshit, 
But if it's true, then I don't want him to be a Supreme Court nominee or a Supreme Court justice. But uh, yeah, this changes nothing for me. Yeah, and with this with this accusation, like think of the number of people involved with this. Mm-hmm. Like she says, a this was not just one guy, not just like two or three guys that were in the room. She says this was a gang of of Kavanaugh and his classmates, or you know, other of his peers, who were doing this not just once either. They were doing this multiple times, like a pattern of behavior like multiple parties where they drugged women and gang rape gang raped them. Like this is not a small number of people involved. <laughs> We're talking about not only the people involved who, who are accused to be involved with the action itself, but the rest of the people at the party, like there must've been some, if this is true, there must've been other people at the party who knew it was happening. And it, it seems to me and many that parties too, has happened. Yeah, many parties. And it seems to me that if you're go- if this is true, and it's only coming out now, thirty six years later, like you're approaching conspiracy theory territory. If you really believe that that many people could have kept it under wraps so well for so long, yeah. And she's she's not even saying. She's not only saying that she never came out and talked about this rape. She's saying all these rapes that she knew about and like doesn't claim to witness, but to become aware of, or she says she saw men standing in a line outside a door to rape a girl like, like in line waiting to rape her. Um, she's saying she like, she saw all the shit or was aware of all the shit. It's like, well, what an, first of all, you're an asshole for not coming forward at that point, calling the cops, telling the cops, hey, this girl got raped. Okay, so that's even beyond. You can't even use, like, the whole victim, like... Uh, yeah, the whole I was traumatized argument. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. though, yeah, sure. I mean, the last claim is that she was gang raped. So that, sure, you can make that claim. But not all this other crap she says she knows happened and was happening for years in the early 80s. But this is just what it was like in D.C. or Maryland at the time, you know, of in the early eighties, just there were just gangs of high school dudes just going around raping everybody. And women kept showing up to parties, knowing this, they kept going and hanging out with these guys, knowing this, they had a reputation, like none of this shit makes any sense. And if it were true at all, there would be so many corroborating stories and so many witnesses. There would be so many people that either had the same impression, heard the same shit, saw something, you know, it doesn't have to be the dudes or the victim, right? There's so many different people that, yeah, could come forward now and agree or could have gone forward at the time. Surely one person would have had a guilty conscience, one person out of all those parties and would have gone to the cops or to a parent. Yeah, again, you're approaching the level of conspiracy theory. If you really think that that many people could have kept this a secret for almost 40 years. Right. So this, what's funny is this actually makes people are going to tout this. Okay. People lefties are going to tout this as some sort of, you know, one more reason they're going to believe the victim. They're going to believe this on its face without any evidence, no matter what, but from just a, a strictly, you know, I'm going to say unbiased standpoint, I'll say it. I mean, I really am. I'm calling bullshit because it sounds like bullshit. But besides that, my principled stand is that in, he's innocent until proven guilty. My principled stand is prove it. Right. But so from that standpoint, this actually makes their case weaker, right? This, is, this weakens their side, right? Like, 
it's they'll just keep throwing out shit and this is bullshit and then the way that they're using it like um now they're now some of the some people are trying to de- delay the senate or the senate judiciary committee is supposed to have a hearing with the other victim the old one right um and kavanaugh so they're finally doing it they're supposed to do it tomorrow and now they're talking about we should delay it right so it's like we call let's delay let's use this bullshit to delay the hearing on this other bullshit all to delay the final confirmation right so right. there's just no losing sight here like you they're not fucking fooling anybody that's my point here they're not fooling anybody we all know what's happening they're trying to delay 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 until after november so that they can just never let Trump get a Supreme Court nominee. If they get 50, 51, whatever, uh, senators, which they're hoping they can do in November, which they may or may not, um, if they can delay it that long, then they could maybe stop not just Kavanaugh, but any originalist judge, any judge, period, that Trump would put up there. So, like, we all fucking know that's what they're doing. That's where they're like, oh, we got to wait for an, investi- for an FBI investigation. Oh, we got to wait on this Kavanaugh hearing or on this hearing for the old allegation because there's a new allegation. It's funny how waiting is always the recommendation. Let's wait, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. They're just trying to delay, delay, delay so that they can push it past November or past the elections in November. Yeah, and, and the other thing is that we, we keep talking about presumption of innocence, but what's so what's so uh, insidious about this situation is that even if you hold to that principle of presumption of innocence, it's still working. Like the tactic is the delay tactic is still working. Right. Like he would be confirmed by now if it hadn't happened. So it's working. Even if he is found innocent by the court of public opinion, and even if everybody does hold to the principle of, of presumption of innocence, it's still working. Like the delay tactic is still working. Right. All it takes is an accusation. Yeah. Yeah, this is really frustrating. And this is like, um, we were talking about before, before we recorded. And I was thinking, yeah, why didn't we record that? But um, what's most important to me is not specifically whether or not he did it. That is important. Don't get me wrong. But there's something more at stake here. Right. It's not just about this one guy and whether or not he gets confirmed or whether his life gets ruined. Right. That is important, whether or not he did it, whether his life gets ruined, whether he gets confirmed. Very important. But there's something more at stake here. And that is what's more important than if he did it is can you prove he did it? Prove it. Right. That's an important standard to have. If we just waive that this time, again, this is less about what truly happened and what didn't happen and more about what can we prove happened. That is more important. There's more at stake than this. We can't give in to the terrorists and just let them win. We can't, even if he doesn't get convicted of anything, he never goes to trial, nothing ever real comes of it, and all that happens is he doesn't get the Supreme Court nomination. Without, shy of him admitting that he did it, and then he doesn't get the Supreme Court nomination, then we just caved into the terrorists. All, all that actually happened was he was accused. The, the truth is, unless he admits it, we will never know the truth. We never will. All right? 
I think there's plenty more about the second allegation that probably could be disproved, really, because uh, the way she words shit. Uh, but the first allegation, especially, we will never know what happened unless he admits it. Because, like I said, it's impossible to prove it. Now, that may be a sad thing. That may suck. Because if he did it and we can't prove it, that really sucks. But if all it takes to ruin someone's life is an accusation, there's much more at stake than just him. There's much more, there's much bigger consequences. Yeah. Uh, again, the principle is more important than the consequences of this one case. Like right. there are, we have principles because there are bigger consequences at stake. Like if we can set the precedent that a mere accusation is all that it takes to ruin someone professionally, then there are going to be worse consequences down the road because of that. So to be clear, when I say the terrorists, I mean the mobs out there, the, the swarming mobs on, on social media and the trolls. Figuratively speaking, yeah. the terrorists. Yeah, it's, all, it's figurative, but I also wanted to point out, I don't mean the woman accusing him. I mean the, the social media mobs, the, yeah. the bandwagon jumpers, those people. We can't give in, right? The people that are so willing to ruin someone's life without any evidence, we can't give in to that. That is a horrible precedent that we're setting. That's a horrible standard. And I'm terrified to live in that world. Yeah. Nobody wants that. No matter how much they pretend they do, that's just because they're consequentialists and they don't want him to be on the Supreme Court. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, until tomorrow when someone else comes out with some accusation that he, you know, that he was, you know, abusing puppies and, you know, raping everybody. So probably best friends with Michael Vick. Yeah, met best friends with Michael Vick. So, yeah, give it a day, give it two days, it'll be even worse. But I really do just hope that, again, because unless someone's going to accuse him of rape very recently, that something that can actually be proved that's within the statute of limitations, and then we can have a real trial. Uh, shy of that, uh, he's not going to admit it, so there's no way to prove it. So let's just fucking put it to a damn vote and approve him just approve him right it's too late like there's nothing that can be done now like nothing the fbi can do will change anything nothing that the senate can do will change anything they're just trying to delay it and we're letting them win by them i don't mean one side of the aisle i mean this mob okay we're letting the freaking mob win consequentialists yes so it's time it's time to just hold a vote and who knows? Maybe enough Republicans will be sickened enough by this whole thing that maybe one or two of them won't vote. And then if they don't, then he won't get it. But let's put yep. it to a damn vote. Either approve him or don't. So we can, if they don't, we can pick another one and get him in there before November. Get him approved. There are plenty of other good options, by the way. Pick a woman this time so it'll be harder to bring <laughs> sexual assault charges against yeah. her. Yeah, they should have done that in the first place. I forget her name. She's the she was like the female that was in the top five and she, she, she also happened to be awesome. Like, uh, but she was like Catholic and, and, uh, she was going to have a lot of problems with the left, but you know, you definitely, not definitely, but it'd be very hard to accuse her of sexual assault. So, all right. Well, I think that about covers it for today. Yep. Your hair so, looks super red today, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe it's the, the, I'm not going to say pink. The salmon shirt, maybe that's what it is, or the lighting. Maybe. Or just it brings out your eyes too. Oh, shucks. 
well, you look fuzzy. You need to get a new camera. But um, I will say just as a little uh, housekeeping that uh, soon, I can't say when, I'll be leaving on a mission. And uh, I won't be back for a while. So you're going to have to hold down the fort. Uh, yep. It'll probably be uploaded while you're gone. Yeah. So Jason, for those listening, he may end up doing something on his own. No pressure. If you get bored and you want to talk about something just to a camera with nobody on the other side, feel free. But don't you dare cheat on me. There better not be anyone on the other side talking back to you. That's not okay. But uh, anyway, so I'll be gone for a few weeks. And uh, as soon as I get back, we'll, I, I may not even have any signal. I may not be able to find out. I may not even know what the hell happens with Kavanaugh. You know, <laughs> I might get back and find out that, you know, we have a new, that nobody got confirmed. And now we have a Democratic controlled Senate and we will never have a ninth Supreme Court justice until 2020. So um, a lot can change in all that time. So I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. And when I get back, we'll have a lot to talk about. But uh, but yeah. And when I get back, I'll fill you guys in on the details and tell you where I was and what I did. It's actually pretty cool. I'm pretty excited. That's it for today's show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. So if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button below. Uh, if you're listening on any of our other audio platforms, uh, please make sure you subscribe. Leave ratings or comments. It really helps algorithmically and getting, getting the word out about our show. Um, if you like the show, please share it with your friends on social media. Please like the Philosophication with Ginger and the Beard Facebook page. And please make sure you comment down below. We really want to engage you guys in free and open conversation. That's really the whole point of doing this. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.